Welcome to the Authentic Wife Show. I'm Beth Rolls, a conscious marriage coach and author of The Authentic Wife, Uncaging Yourself Through Marriage. I help driven moms who love their kids more than they hate their marriage use the conflict in their relationship to become their most authentic selves so they can create a relationship and life they don't want to escape from. Stop waiting for your husband to evolve and start making every day feel like a vacation. You can find my book, tons of free resources, and Happily Ever After, the only marriage-saving coaching program on my website, theauthenticwifeandmom.com. Thanks for joining me today. Let's get started. Well, hello, you beautiful human being, you. Thank you for joining me again on the Authentic Wife Show. I'm so happy that you're taking a moment of your day for you to learn about life and happiness and joy and authentic relationships. And this is a really important one. I want to know if you struggle with your partner's negativity, with your husband's negativity? Does it feel like it's draining you? I think I wrote in my book, The Authentic Wife, that it felt like I would be this balloon floating in the sky, so happy, and my husband could just come in and drag me, like rip me down from the clouds, um, just take me out of that happy place so easily. And so it always seemed like he was the common denominator there, that it was a a him problem. And if I just get rid of him, then I won't have that problem anymore. I can just stay in a place of happiness. Um, And I think a lot of my clients relate to this as well. So I wonder if it's there for you. Do you have a husband who comes in who's in fear about finances or your retirement or I don't, your kids, workloads, things, um, sex. That's a big one for men. Usually their fears go back to some way to protect you. Um, procreation, which if you have kids already now is just the intimacy part and some way to provide for you. So money, sex, and protection safety. Um, mostly protecting what's theirs from other people. (laughs) If that makes sense. As moms, we work to reduce risk and men want to protect what's already theirs. Um, typically from other males. So there's a little factoid for you. Um, so when they come in and they go to this fear and you live in this place of abundance, All of my clients live in a beautiful place of abundance where they have faith that the money that they need will appear, that circumstances work out in their favor, that everything is going to be okay. Life is abundant. They're going to get what they need, what they need. And their husbands are completely not in that place. They don't want to go on the nice vacation. They don't want to spend money on the kids' schooling. They think that um, a lot of the things that are important to us as moms are frivolous or something. Um, So it feels like this total mismatch. And depending on which gurus you follow, they will tell you 
Well, yeah, because they're just like that. It's just always going to be a mismatch and go be a lesbian, <laughs> basically. Like you need to go find somebody who's more evolved or go be with a woman who thinks more like you or um, whatever, you know, that there's just no hope for men. That's not true. That's not true. You don't have to leave him to not be sucked out of the air. Let's talk about this in terms of energy, because that is the work that I do in my Happily Ever After marriage program. I learned a lot about it from Dr. Laura Berman in her book, Quantum Love. Great book. Go check it out if you want. In month three of my program, we talk specifically about energetic coherence. That is your ability to move into a very healthy, energetic place a place where your cup is full, a place where you're not in stress, those beta brain waves, a place where your body's in a state of coherence, meaning that your mind, your heart, and your respiratory system are all in sync in this beautiful, smooth, rhythmic flow. It's actually something that you can measure If you have like an Apple watch or something, you can get a reading called HRV or heart rate variability, and it will tell you if you're getting into into coherence or not, that number will get higher at the, as you get better and better at managing this energy that you have. Now, the problem is um, that most of us were raised to think that it was selfish to put ourselves first. We were told to take care of everybody else. Our needs come last. Um, Do, 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 do as much as you can. Don't slack off. Don't be lazy. Sleep and rest have to be earned. Earned and like, even then, don't do it. (laughs) That's how I was raised. Like, you just go, go, go. You completely deplete yourself. Um, That's how you're a good woman, basically, a good mother. A good mother is always exhausted, kind of. Um, And it's giving to everybody else first, giving to our kids first, whatever they need. We're doing that first. And that just leads to anger and resentment because everything in our space, I've been talking about this with my kids, trying to teach them what boundaries are and ask them, you know, what would you call this after I explained it to them? And they wanted to call it their room. And I think that's a really great way to describe it. So if you consider your boundary to be your room, everything inside your room is yours. You are separate from others um, physically and in all these different ways as humans, we, I know we're all connected. We're all one. Don't freak out on me. Cause I do believe in that too. But when we come here and we inhabit a body, we are separate from other humans because we're all on our own journey. So everything in your room is part of your boundary, what you're protecting with your boundary. So your thoughts, your emotions, your body, your, um, energy, your money, your time, your resources. These are all things inside of your room that people need to ask permission before they use. 
or you need to have enough of them before you offer them to others. So an example of that is I used to always give away money as fast as I got it. Even now I struggle sometimes, to be honest with you. I really, I want to help people. I want to be generous and give to people. And um, what I had to learn was that I had to take care of what was in my room first. And if I really, truly do not have the money to give, then I cannot give it. So that was part of my lesson in learning boundaries. So inside my room as well is my time. I have to have enough time in there to be able to give it to others. I have to have an overflow of time and our energy is the exact same way. So how do we refill and build up to an overflow our energy? We do it through self-care. The most basic level is sleep. Get enough sleep. This is why all young mothers, mothers who have young children, especially, I mean, um, are just waiting to snap, (laughs) like ready to explode because they can't even meet that most basic self-care need. They can't get the sleep that their bodies need. It's a very hard phase of life when you have a newborn or an infant who wakes up every hour. It's very rough. So that's one of the places. Another way we do it is by replenishing, by being mindful and turning off our thoughts and using meditation. I like to do Vipassana meditation where we're just bringing our awareness to our breath and giving our brain a chance to chill (laughs) because the truth is that every single one of those thoughts takes energy. So I'm the kind of person who's in my head. I'm an Enneagram five. I'm thinking all the time. Each one of those thoughts takes up energy. So for me, meditation is huge. I need time to sit and think about nothing. Uh, Another way we do it is um, by the hobbies and things that we enjoy. So for my husband, that's golf um, or riding his motorcycle. For me, it's learning. It's my business, um, talking to my clients, talking to my friends, journaling, uh, researching, writing. Those things are all things that fill me up in that way. So it's really important to know that this energy is yours. It's inside your room and other people need permission to use it. And ideally you're not giving it away until you have an overflow until you are just abundantly full of whatever it is that you need, the time, the energy, the money, whatever it is, you have plenty of it to give. And so mothers are just struggling because not only are we not getting enough sleep and not getting in this time for self-care and we're putting all of the things that we love way on the back burner. We have kids who need our attention 24 seven. We talked about this before. And we also have kids who are on or using our bodies much of the day, especially when we have infants who want to be held all the time, who are breastfeeding. It's a lot. Um, I was just telling my husband tonight, like he always wants people to snuggle him. His love language is touch. He wants to, um, 
you know, just hug and hold each other. And then he'll ask for the kids to do it. And they always pick me first. And of all the people in the family, I'm probably the one who likes touch the least. It's just not my thing so much because I'm not in my body so much. Um, but I'm the one who everybody goes to for touch. So I get tapped out sometimes and it's, it's been a struggle throughout my marriage, but I have to do that self-care so that I've got that overflow and I'm ready again to share my body with others, but they have to ask permission, but going back to energy and why that matters is you are in control of the energy in your room. You get, you get to hold that boundary over what it is. And one of the boundaries that we hold hold is actually an energetic boundary where we know clearly where we end and another person begins. We know what is theirs and what is ours. So what I was doing wrong when my partner's negativity seemed to drain me was I was taking on his energy as my own. So if he comes in with fear, I would match his fear. And this is a really common thing because when you're little, if you have parents or other people in your family who are unpredictable, you sense you become hyper aware of their moods because you need to, in order to get your needs met, you have to know if they're in a good mood if they're in a bad mood, what, if you need to be uh, more quiet, take up less space, ask for less. Um, if they're abusive, you need to know whether you, you know, fight, fight, flee or freeze or fawn. What do you need to do to avoid being the victim of that abuse as a child? So that's, that's really where being an empath comes from. It's being super sensitive and aware of other people's energy so much so that we can sense it like before they even walk in the room. So that's where I was. That's how I had to be as a child. I did not have abusive parents, but I had to be super aware of what their energy was. I did have an abusive older brother, um, just in, in a typical sibling kind of a way. And I had to be aware of what his moods were and stuff. So when my husband would come in, in fear about anything, anything. And usually it was just a product of our dynamic at the time. He's not a fearful person all the time, Uh, but he was very unhappy because we were both in a bad place. And so he would come in in that fear and I'm super happy, but all of a sudden the dragging down was me taking on his energy as my own, matching his fear with a fear of my own. And so for most women, we then fill that fear with a story because now, okay, our bodies have moved into fear. Now we have to find a story to give us a reason to be in this fear. And the story for most women and the clients that I work with, and for me is that this marriage is not going to work. He's never going to be a good dad. I'm, I'm probably going to have to divorce him. And then it goes, just keeps going from there. What would that mean for my kids? Where would I live? Blah, blah. You just go down the whole line. So he's in fear. Then I go into fear because I'm just matching his energy. So it's not him dragging me down. 
It is me not knowing where I end and he begins. It's me not knowing that I am safe now as an adult, as a very capable, strong, six foot zero (laughs) muscular woman. uh, It's safe for me to not match his fear. It's safe for me to not be reactive to where he is. And it's also safe for me to allow him to feel whatever he is feeling and not feel any need to correct it or fix it or solve it or prevent him from feeling it. Um, Some of my clients take that fear on fear, pain, anything, any negative emotion And they think that they, um, because it's so uncomfortable for them, because they have avoided their own pains for so long, it's too uncomfortable for their pain to be re-triggered. And so any pain in anybody is an immediate, what do I need to do to fix this? How do I get rid of this? So we come in as a fixer and we want that pain gone as fast as we can. <laughs> we don't want to be re-triggered. We don't want to feel anything. We don't want other people to feel anything. So then we scramble to get the meal on the table or pick up the room or put the laundry away or get the kids to be quieter or whatever it is. We go into the scramble mode because we think we are unsafe. And what I ask my clients to do, and it's a journey, this is why I work with them for six months, is to start becoming really aware of where they end and the other person begins. Not only intellectually, knowing these things about self-care and knowing about their room and knowing about how to um, take care of themselves. We, we build something we call the secret garden of the ways that they're going to take care of themselves each day or as much as they can and doing their habits and stuff, but energetically knowing where that boundary is. In fact, imagining. So if you can hold your arms straight out and you can move that all the way above your head, all the way around your body at the end of your fingertips, if your hands and your arms are straight out, That is your actual energetic boundary, at least to there. And that's where your proprioceptive senses come in, which are what pick up what the energy around you is. So you can actually imagine yourself feeling an emotion, especially anger, and imagining it as a light inside of yourself and giving it a color and then see that light expanding to the edge of your boundary and lighting it up like a shell or a shield all the way around you. In my book, I think I called it like a jar because I just couldn't think of a container. Like I just picture us all walking around these giant eggshells, you know, but it really is like this shield between you and others. And when you take that energy and push it into the edge of your boundary, the people around you can feel that. You can see animals do this to each other. They know if that energy is really strong, they just have to kind of stand there and you'll see the other animal back down and not continue the fight they were trying to pick. It's the exact same thing for us as humans. When you send that protective 
um, anger, emotion, energy into your boundary, your husband can feel that and he will back off. He will, he will be forced to face what's going on for him on his own. He can't use you to feel better anymore. Um, Eckhart Tolle, I think, calls it the pain body, this big negative cloud of emotion that they just drag around with them. And they want to just make everybody feel that pain. And, and it feels better if everybody's there with them. And they want to use it to um, get people to jump and meet all their needs. And you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to match his fear and you don't have to react to his fear and you don't have to take his pain away. You don't have to allow him in your room to feel better. He doesn't have to come in and use your energy, your body, your time to feel better. What he needs most from you is for you to allow him to deal with what he's feeling, to either move the energy through him, to, um, and I'm saying he's doing this on his own to allow that energy uh, that to move through him, uh, to have to work on solving whatever problem is up for him. Um, if he's uncomfortable with the sound or something, he's got to work through that. What is that about? Where does it come from? Are your boundary, is your boundary being violated because you're already tapped out? For example, with the sound thing, is he already super depleted? Because moms do that too. When everybody's screaming, if we haven't done our self-care and taken care of ourselves. Uh, we go to anger and um, then we flip out. So it's kind of the same thing. Men do it too. <laughs> Obviously, they're they're just like us. So has he been taking care of himself? He's got to feel those things. And what you can do for him is from this beautiful shielded place is you can stay in a state of love, no matter how he's being. And you as a stable, self-regulated person can help him understand what he's going through and why he's upset. And you do that with empathy. You help him move emotion out with empathy. You're not taking it away from him. For all the women I meet who want their husband to grow, so few of them are willing to learn the skill of empathy, which is actually taking that ability to sense what he's feeling and instead of using it to react and try to make somebody comfortable, you're using it to reflect for them what is going on. You are helping them to understand themselves, but doing it with this intention of love, of seeking to understand, of being curious. So you share what it seems like is going on for them. You reflect some of their words back to them. You ask them a few questions. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very little talking and it's mostly listening. And so that's why I tell my clients in the very beginning, as they learn, if you cannot regulate your emotion, 
yet because you haven't explored your own triggers and you don't actually know what's coming up for you yet. You just know that you don't feel good. Stay silent because anything other than offering empathy, it could escalate the situation. So the very first thing to focus on is just staying silent and imagining that energy from whatever emotion you feel lighting up that boundary and being very firm, but being very clear that that is where you end and where he begins and knowing that he has work to do and it's okay for him to be uncomfortable. That is how he will grow. If you want him to evolve, you have to be willing to let him face what he's feeling and not take it on as your own. So you don't match his fearful energy. You stay in that beautiful place of love and you respond to him with empathy. And I promise you, you do this with your children, especially if you're a conscious parent, you are working on doing this with your children. When you can do that with your husband and recognize that you are being confronted with a fearful inner child in him, then you can stay in that place of the adult self where you are regulated, stable, confident, protected, shielded, and loving and empathetic and willing to help him walk through whatever it is that he needs to walk through. If you want to learn more about this, there is an article on my website, theauthenticwifeandmom.com. I actually did another interview with a, another wonderful coach, um, Tracy Bierman, and we talked about it some more there. It's on my YouTube uh, channel as well, so you can go check that out. Um, and I do have a free download that you can grab. It's called the princess and the peeve. And it's an emotion assessment that helps you know what you're feeling in the moment. So if emotions are kind of foreign to you and you, you haven't really gotten into your body and, and played around with them and understand what they mean for you, go download that worksheet and it's, it'll be super helpful for showing you what's going on for you. I also have a course called Royally Guarded that goes into the emotions even more so you know exactly what they're telling you and you can become more authentic. And I do have a boundaries masterclass as well that goes a little bit more into boundaries if you are curious about that. So check that out at The Authentic Wife and Mom. Thank you for bearing with my dry voice here tonight. And uh, I will see you next time. Thanks for joining. Bye.